What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. The Astros lose. Game one of the World Series up 5-0. to zero. I've never felt better in my life, and now I feel pretty bad. But we still got to talk about it. It was exciting at the end. And joining me tonight from the Believe in Astros podcast, Jeff Balky. Jeff, thanks for coming on and staying up late. We had an extra inning game again. Hey, it's my pleasure, Rob. Thanks for having me. All right, so... There's always stats, you know, that this has never happened or that has never happened. And one is Houston's never won game one of World Series ever. But that doesn't influence me at all. JV has never won a World Series game. He's like 0-6 with like a 7-something ERA. Yeah, unreal. But you still think we're going to win this game, right? Well, yeah, I mean, when it was 5-0, you know, I'm I'm actually in Austin visiting uh, relatives, my in-laws, and one of them is a Phillies fan who's from here, from Philadelphia. And uh, after the Astros were fi- up 5-0, he took his Phillies hat on, off and put on an Astros hat. <laughs> and uh, I think we all kind of felt the same way. And, and of course, I saw the stat that something like in, in all the World Series games, something like the record now is 220 and six when teams were leading by five or more runs uh it's just it's just a really heartbreaking sort of devastating loss and um particularly when you get two home runs from kyle tucker um and just you know cannot manufacture anything beyond that and the phillies continue their just remarkable resiliency that they've had throughout this entire postseason 
Yeah, they've been amazing, actually. I, I have it they written really right know. here. JV coming into this was 0-6. Yeah. The seven World Series starts with a 568 ERA. But I'm pretty sure that's higher now. I mean, his ERA this postseason is seven something. Uh, but anyway, Aaron Ola started. And Tucker got it started for us in the bottom of the second with a solo home run. Very exciting. Yuli had a single. Mancini struck out. Chaz got a single. And then Maldi brought him, brought Yuli in to make it two to zero. Nice little start for the Astros. Bottom of the third, we get some more. Payne had a double. Alex walked. And then Kyle Tucker again. Yeah. This time a three-run homer. And like we just talked about, we're up five to zero. And JV is almost perfect. I mean, there was a point, too, where he he had a chance at a double play and just wasn't able to collect the ball. I mean, it was really kind of remarkable that the Phillies, in many ways, tonight flipped the script on the Astros. I mean, they were the ones making big defensive plays. They were the ones getting critical pitching and time. I mean, the timely hitting is something they've been doing all postseason long. But they were doing a lot of the things that the Astros normally do in games. I mean, that... The Astros should have won this game if not for that catch in the bottom of the ninth inning. Um, uh, you know, and just kind of unbelievable, really kind of a stunning um, win for the Phillies. But, I, you know, from everything you've seen, that's kind of what they've been doing all postseason long. And the Astros just could not get hits. You know, they're, as somebody po- pointed out on Twitter, their three stars kind of failed them. Verlander, Altuve, who's still having just a miserable postseason, and Jordan Alvarez, who just could not get a big hit at the right time. So, yeah, just a really uh, tough loss in game one, for sure. But like as you pointed out, it's not the first time they've lost in game one. It's yeah. not the first time Justin Verlander has pitched poorly in the World Series. So um, maybe something to look forward to. We'll see. So you're speaking about this. The top of the fourth is when it happened. There was yeah. one out. They had a runner on first and real mudo hit it to Verlander. It was in his yeah. glove. He could have, if he would have caught that and threw it to first, the inning would have been over, but it wasn't. Harper ended up getting a single Castellanos RBI single made it five to one. And then bomb hit a two run double. And right. all of a sudden it's five to three could have been a double play still five to zero, but it's five to three. And you're still at this point thinking, okay, now we've gave them some life. Yeah. But it's it's only the fourth inning, and we already have five runs. We're going to score more, right? I mean, that's you've got to figure that's the thing, especially because we did, you know, on, on our podcast, uh, Jeff Blum and I were talking about how the, really one of the big keys for this series, particularly in these first two games, is getting to their two best starters you know, putting up some runs on Nola and Zach Wheeler. And they did that in this game. They, you know, tacked Nola with five runs. That should have been enough, given the fact that the Phillies don't sport the most deep or, or talented bullpen. Um, I mean, they came in and threw Ranger Suarez, who's their perspective, you know, game three starter. I mean, I'm not even sure if that's in the car, in the coughing now. Yeah, um, that surprised but, me. Yeah, you look at that and you think, okay, they clearly were going to do everything they could to win game one because they felt like it was critical. And um, the Astros just couldn't capitalize on it. Uh, and that's in the end, you know, it's a, it's a, um, it's a hit and mit- in a swing league and you've got to get hits in important situations. 
and the Phillies did that, and the Astros didn't. So we'll go to the top of the fifth. Marsh had a double. Schwarber walked. And then Real Muto, two-run double, five to five. Yeah. We're all tied after five. Verlander's done after five. Five innings, six hits, five runs, two walks, 7.20 ERA. And then we go to the top of the sixth. Abreu was lights out. Yeah, he was. And then the top of the seventh, they bring him in again. A lot of people on Twitter are like, I, I would be okay with it. But this is not something <laughs> they normally do. Right. And he kind of got in trouble. He loaded the bases. And with all the exciting home runs, all the all any exciting thing that you can bring up in this game, Hector Neris striking that guy out with the bases loaded. I think that was my I got that might have been one of my most exciting times of the night or the part. It was a game. huge, yeah, it was a huge deal. I mean, Abreu has been just phenomenal uh, all postseason long, really all through the last six, eight weeks of the season. Um, and, you know, but he, he isn't a guy that typically goes two innings. He's not a long middle reliever. Um, it almost felt like they should have gone to Luis Garcia there and then come back with a Brady later, as opposed to flipping those two around. But, you know, he managed to get through enough and, and get Maris in there and Maris, um, got that strikeout in a critical uh, spot. And so they, they were able to weather that storm. Fortunately, it just didn't work out for them later. It seemed like the plan should have been maybe Stanek in the seventh inning instead yeah. of bringing a Brayu out. And I you, think you're not uh, alone you, in that. You only got Naris for one hitter. Right. Because Montero came out in the eighth, Presley came out in the ninth, and they both did their job. Right. And then uh, they brought in Luis Garcia to pitch in the 10th. And Jim Passan, do you know about him? Do you follow him on Twitter at all? I have. I do follow him, yes. He posted something that this is the fifth. Is it five? Okay, in LCS 1980, they played each other. Games two, three, four, and five went in extra innings. And then today, six, six straight extra inning games for the Phillies and the Astros. I mean, they're That's like unreal. 50 two years apart but <laughs> yeah right no they're exactly. 42 years apart 42 right? years yeah so we go to the top of the 10th real mudo with a solo home run off of luis garcia and i thought garcia had him there and then at bat and then i mean because there's sometimes a hitter just wins you know yeah. and in this case real mudo just won i mean kyle tucker was pretty close to catching that ball um you know, he just won. It, the problem is it, it shouldn't have gotten to that point. And that's really kind of what happened is you, you get in that situation where, you know, you're you're uh, up five runs and then you let a team back in. You've got to win those those battles at the end. And again, in the, the bottom of the ninth, the Astros get a bloop single from Jose Altuve that he didn't think was even in. Then you get another bloop from uh, Jeremy Pena. And Castellanos, frankly, is a, is a designated hitter in a right fielder's jersey, comes out of nowhere and snags, you know, a ball sliding in right field and saves the game for them. Those are the kind of plays that change the complexion, not only of, of games, but of entire series. And, you know, those were the plays the Astros had been making. And in this game, it was the plays the Phillies made, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, I had that written down and actually skipped over it. Altuve had a two-out single, 
he thought he was out. He threw the he bat did. down. He was barely he running. Just sort of, he just kind of jogged up the first baseline, didn't even realize it, but they were playing him so deep. Yeah. Um, that it just, you know, it just it was one of those deals where it just managed to land in between the uh the second baseman and the center fielder. And then then he's then he stole second. Pena had that right. looper. Altuve would have scored easily. Easily. But he easily. caught it. Great play by him. And then, you know, it just happens. Somebody they they make a good defensive play and it's usually the same guy, but it, this time it's the same team. He gets the home run, but the bottom of the tenth was still exciting. Yeah, very. You had very. Uh, you had Jordan Bregman and Tucker coming up against one of their guys that isn't even their closer because they didn't even right. follow their normal strategy. They used all their good pitchers early to get back in the game, like you kind of spoke about earlier. Jordan had a good count going. He swung at a ball in the dirt. Yeah, he did. That was a bad swing. And then Bregman had a double off the scoreboard, which was pretty awesome. Yes. Tucker struck out with a ball in the dirt. He looked like he had a – Jordan and Tucker looked to me like they could see the ball good from this pitcher. I can't remember yeah. his name. Dave Robert, Robertson. Roberts. It looked like they, they were having good at-bats, and they just swing at, the, at, at strike three. And then Yuli walked, and then they bring mm-hmm. Diaz in, pinch hit for Mancini. He swings on 3-0, and and then he – He leaned into that pitch he, thinking he was going to get on the base. Yeah, he leaned in and tried to get hit. I think the pitch before that hit him in the jersey. It came really close to it. If it didn't hit him, it was within a you know a whisker. Yeah. I, I think you know what happened with, with Jordan and, and with Kyle Tucker both is they got behind in the pitch count. You know, both of these guys fouled off early pitches and they were down, uh, they were down in the count. They managed to fight their way back and just, you know, swung at bad pitches. And in Jordan's case, he fouled off three straight fastballs that were center cut up, you know. Now he's not a, his thing, he loves hitting pitches that are down. He loves the golf club and balls, you know, <laughs> but he got pitches up at 94 miles an hour that were in the zone and he fouled off three of them in a row. And, you know, those are the pitches that you saw him against the Mariners. You know, he, when he was, uh, when he had that game winning home run, very first pitch fouled it off very next pitch home run. That was something that you might've seen him earlier in this postseason or even during the season, you know, take a second or third swing and the next that pitch goes out or at least goes, you know, in play. Um, he just didn't get a, he didn't get enough wood on it. And the end result was him getting, you know, behind an account and then swinging and missing at a, at a bad pitch in the dirt. And the thing about Diaz is that bad also is there was a wild pitch. Yeah. And the runners moved to second and third. I know all it took was another wild pitch. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, they made it close. They, at least the Astros made it exciting in the 10th <laughs> inning. Yeah, they did do that. So they were up 5-0. This is my final notes here. Up 5-0. They lose 6-5. First loss of the postseason. They're not going to win all of them. No. No runs after the third is the most surprising thing. And the thing about it is, well, let me give you the offensive stats, folks, because I forgot that. Tucker's 3-for-5, two homers and four RBIs, and Yuli went 2-for-4 with a walk. Yuli's hitting 382. This is a guy people didn't want on the roster, but playoff Yuli is what they call him. Yuli and, Ka- Ka- and Tucker got five of the 10 Astros hits. 
They left two. They left eight on base. But anyway, the notes, JV had a bad outing. Philly's bullpen shut out the Astros. And that's their weakness. And that's our strength. And that's yeah. kind of crazy. The offense disappeared. The Astros are now three and ten. They were three and nine at home in the World Series coming into this. That's wild. That's and wild J- considering the home field advantage they typically have at Minute Maid Park. Yeah. And I, you know, when I saw the record, I was like, okay, they must have lost two to the White Sox. Yeah. And then they probably lost two to the Dodgers or just one, right? They went I two think and just one. one to the Dodgers because I think, well, remember, they lost both. They lost every home game to the Nationals. Yeah. They lost four there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they, but their game ones, I mean, they're just, they have not been good in game ones at home. I mean, they haven't been good in game ones anywhere. Uh, when yeah. it comes to the World Series, um, so yeah, it's a it's a remarkable statistic. Um, but again, they lost Game One in 2017, and look, that was a wild series against the Dodgers. This feels like it's going to be one of those. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure if my uh, my heart can take it, but <laughs> we're here, so this is what we got. <laughs> so the thing about it, the people that listen know this, but I have tickets to tomorrow night's game. Mm-hmm. And I told my wife, I said, well, just out of logic, it seems like we have a better chance of winning tomorrow because what are the odds we're going to lose both of them? I mean, we could get swept. Who knows? But, you know, but I do expect more out of Framber, who's taken on Wheeler. These two guys have great ERAs in the in the playoffs so far. Framber's mm-hmm. 1.42. Wheeler's yeah. at 178. What do you see happening in game two? You know, the thing that I'm really interested to see, I, I fully expect both of these guys to be on their games, but I wonder how much the Phillies played the overplayed their hand when it came to their bullpen. You know I mean, not only did they throw both Alvarado um, and Dominguez, their two best relievers in this game, they also threw Ranger Suarez, who they have penciled in to pitch game three, or who was penciled in to pitch game three. So, and especially with Dominguez, Dominguez threw, I think, like 25 or 26 pitches. So I, I'm not sure you're going to see him pitch tomorrow, which means their bullpen is really going to be thin. Now, the idea, I'm sure, for them is, hey, Wheeler's going to pick us up and he's going to go out there and throw seven or eight innings um, and get us through, and then we can, we can figure it out from there. Um, but that's obviously contingent on the Astros not scoring a bunch of runs on them. And it's also contingent on Fromber giving up some runs. One of the advantages for the Astros here, Fromber's a lefty. They have a lefty heavy lineup with a lot of power hitters from the left-hand side. That should certainly favor the Astros. Um, I think it's it's going to be an interesting sort of chess match here. Obviously, the day off on Sunday allows them for a little more rest for some of their relievers and for Suarez if they decide to throw him in game three or maybe they move him to game four. But I do think I kind of wonder if this all-in to win Game One uh, is something that might not come back to bite them later. Um, the Astros obviously have tons of depth in pitching; they've got plenty of starting depth, they've got plenty of bullpen depth. They shouldn't have any problems getting through it. I do wonder what, how the Phillies are going to survive that, given the fact that they've used up so much of their relief pitching in this game. Yeah, I see the game going better tomorrow, but I see it as more of a a low scoring affair. 
Hopefully, hopefully Framber can do the job and we can pull out a win. I've only been to one World Series game and we lost, so I'd like to see a win. That's not great, but yeah, I think I think the good the good news here is that in truth, other than Christian Javier, um, who I think frankly might be that might have been the Astros' best postseason pitcher so far, um, Fromper's been very, very, very good. He's very steady, and the biggest thing with him is he's a ground ball pitcher. So you're you're throwing against a, a guys who love to hit the long ball guys that thrive on that big inning. And he's a guy that, that is a soft contact pitcher uh, who just really doesn't give up a lot of home runs and tends to get a lot of soft contact on the ground. So that's really the guy you want pitching. I think Zach Wheeler's the Phillies best pitcher. I think he's, uh, I think he's better than Nola. Um, I think he's going to be a tougher challenge for the Astros, but I think that this matchup, probably favors the Astros a little bit in it, not just because you've got Fromber out there and you've, you've got the home field advantage, but also frankly, because I, I, I do think maybe they overplayed their hand a little bit with their relievers. I don't think they're going to have all their guys available and that's going to leave them open. I mean, if, if you, even if you don't get a lot of bunch of runs on Wheeler, if you can just elevate his pitch count. So you get him into the 70 pitch range 80 pitch range in say the fifth or sixth inning, then they're going to have to put four, you know, relievers out there, maybe five, depending upon how things go. And I think that's going to tax them a lot because they're going to have, I'm not sure who they're going to be able to put out there. That's going to be able to factor well against this Astros lineup. The one thing I wanted to add before we do fair foul is that you go to the postseason. And yes, JV was the best pitcher mm-hmm. in the regular season. Yes, he's probably going to win the Cy Young, but he's not the best postseason pitcher. He doesn't no. do well in the postseason. But why do you give the I mean, why do you give the guy the job out of respect? And just because he was the best in the regular season, because it time after time, year after year, he doesn't perform. So why do they it keep doing true. it? I don't know. But well, I mean, he was good against the Yankees in his last start. Um, I think with, with Verlander, you just expect that that's not going to be the case. You know, you think, well, this year's a different circumstance. This year's a different thing. He is, he has been so good. He did um, bad against Seattle, though, right? Yeah. I mean, he had a terrible game one against Seattle. I uh, gave up six runs in that one. Came back, pitched well against the Yankees. Um, but yeah, I mean, he did not pitch well tonight. Um, neither starting pitcher, frankly, pitched great. Um, and so this really did come down to a battle of relievers. And who would have thought that the Phillies would come out on top in that matchup? Yeah. All right. So we're going to do fair or foul right after this, folks. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, we're back with Fair Foul. <laughs> All right, so number one. I got six of them today, and we haven't got the 10-minute okay. warning yet. But keep that in mind. I'll let you know hey. when the warning comes up. Number one. Fair foul, Brian Abreu pitching two innings was a bad decision. I think that's fair. I think uh, Brian Abreu, he's not used to pitching that much time. And when you have guys like Stanek and Montero and Naris in your bullpen, lots of leverage guys, I mean, it didn't make any sense. I mean, he was throwing great. So I understand Dusty Baker is a guts guy. You know, he goes with his gut a lot. I think that was a bad call. I mean, if you would have told me watching the game, like, you think we should keep putting him back out there? I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. But then when he gets out there, you think, you know what? He doesn't really do this. This isn't right. something he's used to. So, exactly. I have hot, we have the, the, the uh, advantage of hindsight, but I still say foul. I agree. Number, number two, this is something I thought of today because we are getting nothing at the DH position. Mm. You're carrying Hensley. You're carrying guys on the roster that's never going to play. Why not carry an extra catcher so Vasquez can DH? So fair or foul, the Astros should carry three catchers so they'd have Vasquez at DH. It's an interesting. I'm I'm going to say foul on that one only because I think that the catchers that they have are the option for, particularly Corey Lee, they're not good defensively. And in a, in a world series like this, and with all the pressure on, I'm not sure you can trust somebody like that to suddenly slide into a catching position as tempting as it might be. And as understandable as it is, right. And as understandable as it is, given the DH situation, still don't, I'm still not sure that you want to take away, uh, you know, a potential at bat for somebody that's on this, especially when you only have 12 guys. And, and, you know, on your offensive side of the roster. Well, I say fair. I want some production from the DH position. I can't argue with that. I mean, a lot of people are are wanting some David Hensley, but I don't think Dusty's going to give him a shot. But why not? You're getting zeros. You're getting zeros from everybody else. All right, number three. This uh, on the podcast, we call Seth Martinez the magic man. So we only we only call him magic man here. But he, but he should have been on the roster instead of Smith. Even though Smith is a lefty, he's never going to pitch in my in my mind. So they should have just used Seth Martinez. I agree with that 100% fair for sure. Um, I'm not a big fan of the lefty-on-lefty matchup thing any longer. 
analytics tell us that uh, it only goes so far that ultimately the Astros have guys with great spin uh, as right-handed pitchers and guys who throw well against left-handed bats. And I just honestly think if you really had a long game where you really wanted to bring somebody in, do you really want Will Smith to be that guy? And do you really want to have a guy out there that's like, oh, well, we'll throw him out there for that one left-handed guy. I just, to me, it didn't make any sense. I agree with you. Yeah. I say fair. Seth should have been on there. The magic man. The magic man. I like number, it. F- number four. We gave him that name when he had a zero ERA. We kept getting out of stuff. And I was like, the magic man, no, no nice. runs. But anyway, number four, I kind of, I put this one while I was watching the game. And I do have tickets to game seven. This series looks like it's going to go seven games. Fair or foul? Um, it depends on what happens in game two. I think you're probably right. I think that's, I would say, lean towards fair on that one. Um, a lot will depend on what happens in game two. Um, because I think if the Astros come back and win game two, I think, yeah, we're, we're going to have a series out of it. If they go to Philadelphia down, Oh, two. It's going to be a, a real problem for them to get out of there, having to again face Nola and Wheeler, um, at least in game, probably in game four at that point. So I, I think it's, I think it'll be tough. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that they'll, this will game series will probably end up going seven, which puts it back here at Minute Maid, and and only you you would hope that only good things could come from that. So what game would they get back to Nola? Well, it's it's tough because we've got only Nola, one day off, right? We've got one day off. I mean, theoretically, he could game throw five. in game. He could throw. I mean, he would probably throw in game five. I think would be certainly where he would throw because that would give him four days rest. Is it Sunday? Let's see, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So that would give him a full rest. Um, and so, yeah, you throw him in game five, then you have Wheeler for game six. Um, so yeah, I think I, I that's that. But I think if the Astros go down 0-2, it's that's going to be where they it's going to be a real problem. I think getting back here because the Astros game three and four will have Javier and Lance McCullers, yeah. and they'll definitely have the advantage. So I'm like you. I think if they win game two, they could probably handle this. It's going to be tough over there, though. I've I've said that before. But they will have the advantage if their good pitcher doesn't come back till game five. So Agreed. I think game two is very, very important. And I, but I say fair. I think, I don't think these Phillies are going to roll over and play dead. No. I, I don't, they're not going to make it easy. The Astros are definitely going to have to earn this. And the Phillies could be a team of destiny. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right. Here's this one. I must have been angry when I wrote some of these. All right, number five. Framber will pitch better than JV did. He will allow fewer runs and he will pitch more innings. I, I think that's a hundred. I think that's a hundred percent fair. I'm totally with you. Uh Framber Valdez is the king of the uh quality start, you know. So it would it would be shocking to me, honestly, if he didn't go six innings and give up three or fewer runs. Um, at this point, I think he is their their best bet for turning it around in game two, for sure. For Amber to give up two or three runs in the first inning and not give up another run for six more innings. That's just the way Great. he is. 
number six. So JV, this is this is something that we've been talking about at work. So JV has the player option for next year, $25 million. But with the Cy Young award, they're thinking maybe he's going to want more. And he's probably going to want more than the Astros are willing to pay him, maybe. So number six, fair foul, JV will not exercise his player option. That is a really good question. I think he loves being here. I think he and Jim Crane have a really good relationship. Um, and I think even with the Cy Young Award, if they do not win the World Series, I say JV is back. If they do win the World Series, I think he opts out and goes play somewhere else. Then he'll feel like he's finished business here. Yeah. So I think it's going to depend on, on what happens in this World Series. If he if they don't win, I think he's going to feel like he has unfinished businesses and he's going to want to come back and he's going to opt to stay. I think he could exer not exercise his option and renegotiate. Yeah. Because that's what uh, Tom, my co-host, says. He's like, pay him 40. If he wants 40, pay him 40. But it's like... Well, it's going to be tough. I mean, because number one, you know, he is going to be 40, speaking of 40. Um, and on top of that, you're going to have to fit him into a lineup where Hunter Brown is clearly going to be part of the rotation next year. I don't think there's any question that Hunter Brown is part of that rotation. So now suddenly you're looking and saying, okay, do we have a six-man rotation now? Um, so it's it's going to be something to consider. The Astros certainly have more leverage on this one than probably Justin Verlander does. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he stays, they got Verlander, Brown, Javier, McCullers, Framber, Luis Garcia, Urquidy. They have way yep. too many guys. That's I don't right. know. I, I mean, I don't know. I think he's going to want more money, but I think he is, you know, how long he stayed in the – Detroit, and then he came back. Yeah. He wanted to come back here and earn his money. I do think he wants to be here, but I think he may want some more money. That's certainly possible. But I'm going to say foul. I don't think he'll ex exercise his player option. He may. He, I'm not saying he won't be here, but I don't think he's going to take 25. He's probably going to want more. You could see that. But anyway, that's all I have. <laughs> awesome. And but I want to give you your chance for some final thoughts. You got like almost six minutes, whatever you want to say. Well, I feel like this is a game that I wanted to see the Astros win a game like this one. You know, uh, they've only had a couple of games like this in the postseason. Um, this is one of those games that can sort of turn the tide of how you're playing. I thought, you know, the Phillies were coming off, several days rest. It was the first time they've really had rest in the postseason. You kind of thought, well, maybe that will slow them down a little bit. It clearly did not. I was very surprised at how uh, feisty, they, feisty they were defensively uh, in addition to their bats. Uh, I was shocked that the Astros were not able to get uh, to their relievers more than they were. Um, but having said all that, I think they have a huge advantage going into game two because I just don't think they can throw uh, all their bullpen arms out there. I mean, they, they're definitely not going to play throw Ranger Suarez again. They're certainly not going to throw Dominguez after he threw, what, 26 or 27 pitches uh, in tonight's game. And so to me, that means that 
most of their best relief arm. Zach Eflin's not probably going to pitch tomorrow, even though he hasn't necessarily been one of their, their best arms. That really leaves you with probably just Alvarado as a guy, you know, who can come in there and give you innings. So that means Wheeler's going to have to give them probably seven in innings in order for them to avoid having to go deep into their bullpen, which is something they don't want to do. And uh, to me, that's a dangerous thing if you're if you're the Phillies. Doesn't mean they're not going to win the game, but I think that the Astros certainly have a clear advantage uh, when it comes to that. And this is where you're going to start to see it. I didn't think, honestly, we would see that advantage start to come to fruition until maybe game three, especially game four, where they're probably going to have a bullpen game. But given the fact that they used a lot of guys in this game in high leverage situations, throwing a lot of pitches, we might see that even sooner. Um, and if they have to go back to any of these guys, even with a day off, it's going to stress them for uh, game three. So I think this is the, the, if you can take any advantage away from this game for the Astros, it's that they really had to go deep into their rotation um, to find guys out of the bullpen to help preserve and, and secure this win. And that's, I think, going to only benefit the Astros going forward. So hopefully we get to game two. We'll see a, a little bit different Astros team, a little bit better pitching from from Valdez. And, and they, you know, leave Houston on a positive note. If they get a split, you know, you can live with that. I think they're going to at least win one or two in Philadelphia, given that the, the pitching situation that they're facing. And so I think, uh, but the main thing is they cannot get out of here going down 0-2. They've got to win tomorrow. That's 100% on that. If they don't win tomorrow, it's going to be real trouble in this series. I had someone that does a, a Phillies podcast on, I think, the last episode. I heard that. And he w- he said that, he thinks in order for them to win the series, they have to win all four games that Wheeler and Nova pitch. He's probably not wrong. I mean, uh, those they're their best two starters. I mean, when you look at it, Ranger Suarez is a good pitcher, but he's not a guy that's going to go you know six, seven innings against the Astros in game three, and then they're going to throw a bullpen game. They're probably going to put Noah Syndergaard out there for two or three innings. Um, yeah, he's, I don't think he's wrong. I think they definitely need big games out of Nola and Wheeler. I think it's unfortunate that in the game with Nola, they were they had him and yeah. they just couldn't finish him off. You know, uh, that's the only that's the only real negative you see now. Now you've got to go and play against the guy in Wheeler, who I think is their best pitcher, and you have to find a way to beat him uh, and uh, figure out a way to get out of here with the win, so that you go to Philly without uh, being down 0-2, which is a which is just a, a death knell, I think, for any team uh, yeah. going on the road down 0-2. Well, it was a heartbreaking loss. It was. But maybe, just maybe, a loss is what they needed. They haven't lost yet. Maybe they need some motivation. Maybe they thought they were unbeatable. <laughs> Something. But anyway, you and uh, Jeff, you're both named Jeff, but he has... That's right. He's the, G- he's the G-E-O-F-F, which is the more gothic metal spelling of the name <laughs> in mine <laughs> but yeah we'll uh our, we'll be actually doing our podcast the review of uh today's game looking forward to game two in the morning um and so we'll have that tomorrow and we're going to be doing every single game the day after uh and um just like you'll be doing it the night after oh yeah and so it you gotta you gotta uh, keep after it and hopefully um yeah i was texting with blum during the game tonight 
uh, he predicted that Kyle Tucker would have a big series, and so far he has. Yeah. All right, Jeff, I appreciate you coming on, buddy. It was fun. My pleasure. And, guys, we'll see you next time. Hopefully, we'll be talking about an Astros win. Be sure to listen to Believe in Astros with Jeff and Jeff. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.